Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't like blood Since now, I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. <laughs> Halloween three, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare three. Has there been a child's play three? <laughs> <laughs> Not since those threes have there been this three. Correct. This is the Last Crusade, the Return of the Jedi, the Goldfinger, the Friday the Thirteenth three D, the crazy non sequitur Halloween three. The establishing of the new franchise of <laughs> feel for uh, Nightmare. Here we are the with Child's Play. The prison planet of... Uh, Aliens, Ali- Fury. Ali- yeah, Fury. This is the Child's Play Fury planet. Um, I'm, I'm just going with you on this thing that I love. This is the, the Exorcist 3 with Brad Dorif. Dor- the D stands for Dorif, 3D. 3Dorif. And... and uh, this is the child's play three of Jaws 3D, oh, um, yeah. SeaWorld edition. Uh, well, so if you haven't figured it out, this episode today is about child's play three. Child's play three. It's in G- Chucky we trust with Gucky and Rust. I'm Matt Gucky, legally changing my name every franchise. Thank you. Um, previously, uh, uh, Matt Nay Gorley. Uh-huh. Uh, or is it Nihay? Nihay. Gorley, uh, for changing your name legally to Gucky. Yeah. I think that so far that's maybe been the hardest, maybe not in terms of legally, but just psychologically having your last name changed to Gucky. It's tough. I'll be somewhere and, you know, like a doctor or something, and they'll go, Matt, for Gucky, for Matt Gucky. And I immediately don't respond, but then I'm like, oh, that's me. What a bummer. Yeah, it's the your version of like the um not writing the new year on a check. Yes. <laughs> You're like, oh right, I'm gucky now. Uh I really feel bad that trust was the word we chose to rhyme with rust. I'm fine with you know, if we need to ever change that up so I can 
fall on the sword of no changing my name legally. What we need to do is end on a movie that rhymes with Gorley, so I can go back. <laughs> is there such a thing? I mean, Gooley popped in my mind, but that's not a rhyme. That's a and that already has a G. Like, is there a movie called Morley? Yeah, that uh, isn't there a horror movie about Morley Safer going crazy? That's and right. Yeah, attacking the sixty minutes cast one by one. I mean, cast? I would watch that movie if oh, you're asking. Dude. Even if it's like you know a wink, wink. Yeah. You know, we can't use. I mean, obviously, I would love if they had an actor played Morley Safer, and they got and all, the all of the names right, and Andy Rooney. And- yeah. Uh, um, Andy Rooney while he's getting like. Uh, knifed in the chest. He's like, don't you hate it when <laughs> they use a serrated blade? Here we go again. <laughs> uh, you know what's really um, tab open? New yep. tab open. Love it. Uh, uh, oh, I'm Paul Rust, by the way. Uh, that rhymes with th- uh, trust. Uh, uh, um, uh, it is really difficult to find a full the full infamous Andy Rooney monologue. Uh, uh, the only one he's ever had to apologize for later that he apologized for. Uh, he said some nasty things about Kurt Cobain, more about the outpouring of uh, really? that people had for him uh, post his death. And just because he was some punk kid and he didn't respect him, or what? Uh, Andy Rooney, like you, I can only read what he said in in articles and stuff. But it was like I had never heard about this guy until I saw his <laughs> name in the paper, <laughs> and then uh, a, a couple a moments where he's like making fun of people's responses of like h- how he spoke for them, and they're like. The, they this guy's a loser. They think he's speaking for them. Why would they want a oh loser speaking? Just obviously a very out of touch. Uh, um, but scrubbed from the internet, they buried it. The only way you can find it is there's this really um, cuckoo man uh, uh, um, in Seattle. They had their own version. Uh, tab open, very small tab open of uh, uh, Saturday Night Live that pop they would ad. do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pop up ad. Uh, um, uh, their own version of Saturday Night Live that would actually bump. Um, oh my god, these are amazing! Saturday tabs, Night Live, a ha- Saturday Night Live by a half hour. I'm they would learning move it ahead so much. Hour. The only way I ever got to see it was when I was in Vancouver and I was happening to pick up Seattle stations, and they were airing reruns of this show. I think it was called Seattle Live or something like that. Uh, uh, Joel... Um, McHale? McHale came from this show. He was in the cast. The only snippet you can see of the Andy Rudy rant about Kurt Cobain is they had a, a sketch they put up, like a, lot, a cold open for Seattle Live where they're watching the Andy Rooney rant and it's on screen for a bit. And then you see their reaction. So, hey, if somebody, uh, I'm not saying anybody who listens to the show, I'm saying cosmically to the world, somebody just has a taped VHS of this Andy Rooney rant, throw it up on YouTube. I mean, look, we've got, 
already we've put the masses to find out more about Bob Rochelle, and so many people have, and Brantley, um, the most amazing among them. I bet, I bet Brantley knows how to get to this. This guy. Oh, for sure. The thing is, your quest is one of goodness. It comes from a love of Rochelle. Me, I'm just trying to get in the nitty gritty of like, what did Andy Rooney, no. an old out of touch fart, have to apologize for? It's, I want to see what he had to apologize no, for. No, it's the polar opposites of culture at that time. It's it's valuable. That's true. It's true. Uh, you could write a book about Bob Rochelle's last Wild West stunt <laughs> show that he did and how it took place the same day as the Andy Rooney rant. That Thing same is, Sunday. You could write a book about the Andy Rooney rant. People would read it. I could write a book about the last performance of Bob Rochelle and no one would read it. Oh, you know what? I can't believe uh, nobody has told a multi-layered limited series thing about, you know, Jessica Savage, the woman who was a NBC. Jesus Christ. Let's move on. Well, well if we want to talk about Jessica Savage later. We well, you got to finish, finish that tab. Then I have a tiny tab based on one of your tabs. And then we, we keep track of our tabs. They're open. We do. You keep track of our tabs. So go ahead. We're not there at 6 p.m. going, oh my God, we had so many tabs tabs. open. I'm just trying to get out of work. We we trust our listeners know that we open tabs and then we go back. Let me just make sure that I think her name is Jessica Savage. While you're doing that, I will say that your lost Andy Rooney diatribe, mine is, you know, the famous Orson Welles, uh, Paul Masson outtakes. Yes. There's clearly way more outtakes. Why are only two on that video? I'm dying. Oh. That's my favorite internet funny of all time. Matt, would you kill put for it those? out to the world right now. You I've are putting it out them. to the cosmic. Somebody, those takes exist. They've got somewhere. to. They're probably on film. They're probably not digitized. <laughs> but they're really funny. Oh, I bet they're amazing. I bet that existed in the day when somebody could only make a party video that yeah. could last like four minutes right. or something. So they had to cut it down. Yeah. But hey, now... You and me, we both know content is king. Content is king and information <laughs> never dies. It might change form. Yes. And to the subatomic even, but it's out there somewhere. To the subatomic terabyte. Yeah. That's why when heaven is a screening room, we get to watch Andy Rooney and all the Orson Welles takes. Together. Uh, They're funny. In our buddy true cop, heaven. Buddy cop movie they did. <laughs> all our, We all die and our wives are like, where's my husband? Oh, oh, he's watching Tubs and Crank, the <laughs> Orson Welles and Andy Rooney buddy cop movie. Excuse me, I'm over here with my daughter and my cat, and we were promised a planet. We converted to Mormonism in late stage. <laughs> Where is our uh, priesthood holder and saint, Matt? Matt, he's, he's oh. in the screening room with Paul Rust watching David Lynch's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Oh, we'll wait for him until he gets that. That sounds nice. Well, it's going to be a while. There are so many, there are infinite versions of all these different movies. You should, you should move on. And this is God talking to my wife. You should move on. (laughs) But my daddy, Glenn, first of all, Glenn, you're Meglin me crazy. You should move on. Okay. My uh, tabs are closed. Let's hear about Nancy this Savage. This one tab is open. Jessica Savage. So she was an NBC news anchor who um, was the inspiration 
uh, for Christina Applegate's character in Anchorman, just for oh, uh, the most kind of up to date right. cultural reference. Gotcha. But um, uh, 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 a very uh, smart, yeah. uh, groundbreaking, and just a presence. Like mm-hmm. you watch her old newscasts, and you're like. Um, oh, I could see why you would stop a channel and mm-hmm. listen to what this person's saying in that voice. Um, uh, then she hit some rocky terrain. She had a very um, unfortunate, as all deaths are, I guess, uh, but like a, a tragic uh, death where her... She drove off a road thinking it was there, sort of Chappaquiddick-ish, Chappaquiddick-esque, um, where Chappaquiddish. her car... Chappaquiddish. Chappaquiddesque. Chappaquiddesque. Chappaquiddish. Where um, her car flipped into some mud and her oh. and her husband, uh, her new husband at the time, who she had just remarried after a uh, divorce, um, and they uh, drowned in mud. Um <gasps> Wow, you don't hear that often. No. Now, uh, 15 years later, this is where the limited series, like if you wanted to do, okay, Jessica Savage's life is its own thing. Paul, your tabs today, your tab game is it amazing. Suck, is no, cool it. These, cool it. No, I've learned three new things from your tabs. You are three for three on your tabs today. Okay, these, let's I'm see di- if there's I'm a fourth. I'm loving these. Let's see if there's a fourth. And no, this, this is, is the third, right? Oh, no, there's three in a pop-up. Sorry. A pop-up. What yeah, am yeah, I yeah, doing yeah. here? Keep talking. Uh, no, okay, real correct. Well, so, so, so if this was like a limited series, because somebody could do like a, a, a drama. Is it is it suspected foul play or something? Uh no, it's it's um but still it's it's a rise and fall yes. sort of yeah, thing. It's a, yeah. But okay, maybe that's like the first couple episodes. Uh-huh. Then it picks up 10, 15 years years later, Joan Didion decides me and my husband, uh John Dunn. Is that uh yes. Dominic Dunn? No. Uh Dominic Dunn is related to uh um this done the done um but this done and i don't think they have any relationship to the brooks and dunn the country <laughs> western duo uh her husband was john gregory dunn the two of them hey they decide after being uh you know groovy 60 types let's start writing screenplays in the 80s and 90s <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like let's, let's go start a cult. let's go dig through the mud and see what we can find oh my lordy <laughs> <laughs> they go, they identify because there's a couple, there's a couple, they, they're like, hey, let's start a podcast where we try to get to the, um, uh, a couple bestsellers come out in the late 80s. Um, about this? About Jessica Savage. Uh, okay. Um, my mom had the paperback. I remember looking at the cover. Oh. It's, it was glorious. <laughs> and then, you know, Joan Diddy and John Gregory Dunn, they ain't dummies. They see a story here in this Jessica Savage, so they start to adapt it. They've written their own book called The Studio, I believe. John Gregory Dunn wrote it. That is about how they tried to make the true life story of Jessica Savage, but the studio defanged it and made it up close and personal, the Robert Redford, Michelle Pfeiffer like rom-com that is 
supposedly inspired, loosely, loosely based on the oh Jessica Savage God. story, but has no, you know. Have you they read dine this in book? mud in that movie. <laughs> Have you read it? Uh, the stu- uh, the studio. No, I want to read that. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't. No, book club. <laughs> no, no, I want to read that. You take my, you sneak into my house and take my copy, so I can't read it. This is you. amazing, Paul. These tabs. We should just do a podcast where you just open tabs. No, this is too much. No, tabs closed. Tabs closed. Still. That's, that's a, nice of you to say. That's my a stand friend. up. Uh, you get a standing O for those tabs. That was a hell of a tab run. I think that's the best tab run we've had on this podcast. Ooh. I'm not kidding. Um, that was all you, man. You're what, all tabs. What's a? Uh, you said tab run. What's a good uh, um, pod racer run uh, reference? Like when when uh, in episode one when something well, was good. The uh, you either there's two that come immediately to mind, <laughs> and that's good. embarrassing. <laughs> Well, you love that movie, so well, there's it's understandable. A point uh, <laughs> when Anakin is one in one of the Naboo cruisers making a run on the um, like d- uh, battle stations, uh-huh. and he just goes, "Now this is pod racing." <laughs> okay, so and that that was now this now that was tab closing. <laughs> yes, okay, and then. Kitster, who is Anakin's little friend there on Tatooine, he's got like a Rodian friend, which is like the Greedo race. Yes. And then there's a little kid named Kitster, I believe. Yes. And when Anakin gets his pod racer going, Jar or the little Rodian goes, woohoo! And Kitster goes, wizard, which means like cool. I forgot wizard meaning cool because I. Really want that to take off. Well, I let's think start using I, it on here. Wizard. Wizard. Uh, well, you know what was pretty wizard about you mentioning Little Greedo there? It reminded me of a pretty wizard character that we get to visit again in Child's Play 3. A sort of... Oh, yeah. Mm, almost the height of a child-sized Greedo. What, what, what do you think Chucky is... Back to back, shoulder to shoulder with with, uh, um, that little little Greedo. (laughs) Now, it's not Greedo himself, but there was a deleted scene where Anakin got in a fight with Greedo, little baby, like boy Greedo. Oh, I've seen this. He doesn't, he's Anakin say something dumb like, you'll never shoot first. It's (laughs) like that. It's something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like you'll never meet a guy I've never heard of in a bar and try to get (laughs) bounty from him. (laughs) So five minutes after I meet you. Yeah. Him. Huh? You're probably right though. I think that, that Rodian played by, I believe Warwick Davis who played Wicket and then, Oh, many other things. A war, Warwick Warrodian. Right. He, he, uh, he and Chucky are the same size, which means we're on Chucky, full circle, tabs closed. Tabs closed. Well done. Well done. But if you did a, ch- not but, yeah. now moving on to Chucky's height, it would be <laughs> cool to have a, like, almost like a usual suspects mm. police lineup yeah. of silhouettes of the monsters. That's a great idea. Because they've done that like with the Bonds, who's the tallest Bond and everything. Have they? Yeah, there is one infographic of that. Surprisingly, and I was surprised, Dalton is the tallest. I wouldn't think that. Timothy Talton. 
<laughs> now I would think that. Yeah, unless, now unless you no said Timothy Smalton, and then I don't know what to think. <laughs> so, who is the shortest? Because we got to come up with a word that sounds like the, their uh, name. It might be Craig, Daniel Craig, if I remember correctly. Daniel. Uh, um, um, Dan. Dan, Dan. Dan Debutative Craig. Yeah. Spaniel Craig, because he's the height of a Spaniel. Perfect. Spaniel Craig. Hold on. Um, I do love those little, I remember they were quite in vogue for a while. Those like silhouetted outlines of like, whoa, Toby Maguire and Tom Cruise are that short would be basically the takeaway from, or it would be everybody is short. Can't you believe it? Um, And, did you know Wilford Brimley was the same height as Tom Cruise? <laughs> and <Cocoon>? the same age. <laughs> uh, I literally opened a tab to figure this out. So, <laughs> okay, here's one infographic that for some reason this must have... Uh, I don't like how their feet are set in that picture. I wish, you know. Yeah. Well, now this one is must have been pre-Craig because it's got... Roger Moore at 6'1", Brosnan. Hey, can six you get one. pregnant from pre-Craig? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, boy, uh-oh. On the toilet or kissing. 6'1", <laughs> Brosnan, Moore, and Connery. 6'2", Dalton, and Lazenby. Now, oh. here's a different one. That's saying height comparison. Daniel Craig's 5'10". David Niven, 5'11". Roger Moore, 6'1", Pierce Brosnan, 6'1", Timothy Dalton, 6'1 and a half. Whoa. George Lazenby, 6'2", Sean Connery, 6'2". What's the real story here? Holy moly, these guys are all tall. Here's another infographic. They all got me beat. Daniel Craig, if he's the shortest, I'm still looking up at that bond. That's right, folks. I'm two foot, two feet, three inches. <laughs> Your Chucky height. Uh, well, here's one, and it's in meters, so come on. We're not, I mean, what are we supposed to be, mathematicians to figure that yeah. out? It's impossible. Well, you know, you know who bloody well made that? Big <laughs> uh, yeah? Oh. oh, boy, I did like three dialects in one sentence. <laughs> here's one, another height chart, but it's got them, like, right when, it looks like when Bond, when Craig was cast as Bond, so all the other Bonds are of that age. You know what I mean? Like they're their current ages. So that's not fair because they've shrunk, you know, theoretically. Yes, that is true. They should do it when they are playing Bond. This is a totally different order again. Because who's now the tallest here? Right. Uh, Who, uh, Connery. Okay. At 6'2". Six. Six and then Brosnan and Dalton at 6'1". Roger Moore at six. Lazenby at six and Craig at five ten. The only mm. consistency here is that Daniel Craig is the shortest. And when was that published? Because if it was early on or even before, this was in nineteen sixty three. So <laughs> Craig was uh, just born. Me thinks uh, that they were trying to prove some ugly point. If it was before he started, oh, as good Bond. point. You're right. Right, James Blonde, whatever yes. they were trying to do. Again, uh, this dovetails us to Child's Play three. Yeah. And I say this with no jest. Yeah. I say this in sincerity. Uh, I felt like maybe the most uh, interesting notion or aspect of this movie was sort of this whole kind of wrestling with, uh, hey, uh, what's it to be a, a, a sensitive young person? 
against sort of aggressive masculine adult energy and uh right um and hey baby this movie came out in 1991 we had just for the first time in 17 years engaged in war and a little operation desert storm i was wondering august 1991 how is this going down in theaters this bloody movie was probably made when uh, when Operation Desert Storm was happening. Mm. Lest I remind you, two months later, the people under the stairs comes out. Remember, they got a TV screen that's mm-hmm. showing the the, the scud. CNN, yeah. Um, same year as Toy Soldiers, which is like mm. kids in a military school. Um, I know Taps existed and stuff before this, but the uh, and then um. I think this came out the same month within the same two weeks as uh, Hot Shots, which is also sort of this like funny, yeah. what's it like to be in war post-Vietnam. Now, this might be a stretch. I realize what I'm saying all this, but it's just, it's a curious thing to think like, you're seeing a bunch of young kids like shooting each other with real ammo. Red Dawn, too. Yes, of Red Dawn. There um, was some fear. I feel like of we recognize how Vietnam took a segment of youth from us, and we don't want that a fear that that might happen again after these. I don't know if Red Dawn feels that way. I guess mm-hmm, so. Yeah, they're shedding yeah. a tear for that to yes. happen again. I mean, the whole argument of Red Dawn is like, what, it's the idea that we're Viet Cong, right? Yeah, essentially we're being invaded. Yeah, but um, but not the movie itself was not making that allegory because it was okay. It was very sort of because it was John Milius, right? Right. Yeah. So he's not trying to say like, look at it the other way. No. Which is funny because his buddy George Lucas with yeah New Hope Ewoks. making yeah yeah, but also just the idea of the rebels versus an empire. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But so does Chucky in this one represent <laughs> the empire or the rebellion forces? Or we'll unpack this stupid Kuwait shit later. Or the Bush administration, <gasps> first Bush. Um, well, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it a surprise as to whether I loved or hated this movie. Damn, I love it. Because I was a senior in high school, though at this point I think it was my first semester in college when this came out. Ooh. I had already registered for the Selective Service Act. I had to go to the post office and put my name. In, you were living it, man. Yeah. I, there was never going to be a draft for the Gulf War for Desert Storm, but still, I mean, it was happening. The mm-hmm. world was on fire and I was living. Did no. you see protests and stuff on mm, campus or nothing? No, like not. That? F- I don't. Yeah. Were there any protests for Desert Storm? And they certainly weren't around my neck of the woods and they weren't in my family and even in me. I was mm. kind of still coming. I was raised to sort of. Mm-hmm kind of conservative and Mm -hmm. this was the last throes of me going like, no, this is a just war. And then Mm -hmm. being forced as now an 18 year old Mm -hmm. to explain why the fuck I was saying that and having no idea what I was talking about. None. 
And, and, uh, that was the first eye opener I had. You're probably right that out of all the wars, battles waged, uh, as far as public demonstrations go, the ones on record probably at the lowest amount with a desert storm, if only because it was such a small fraction of time. It was It was weird. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear... In, in the same way, didn't hear any sort of like, huh, voice about Desert Storm, which is insane yeah. until summer of 1995 in the bastion of liberal, uh, empty-headed liberals, Iowa City, Iowa, at the University of Iowa. I, uh, I'm being uh, silly yeah. here, but uh, facetious, but I went to a summer camp there, and I later went to college there. We were in a computer lab. It was sort of about communications and using art to build uh, this new things on the internet. And I remember we had this groovy teacher who said... I don't know why. I'm sure it was apropos of something. When who here uh, remembers Desert Storm? And uh, he wasn't saying like, and there was none. He was like, do you remember the people demonstrating against Desert Storm at the time or something like that? And when I heard that, it was so mind blowing to me. Whoa. Anybody had any resistance to Desert Storm whatsoever? <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to, yeah, make a case for you and me, whatever systems we were in to basically take that message without... I'm not saying even like, and it should have been outright condemned by us. I'm just saying the fact that we weren't even given the space to kind of be like questioning. I know. It's pretty wild. I, I went to this really... Uh, it's a high school, public high school, but it was a high school kind of up in these little hills. A lot of rich kids went there, and I was in the theater department. No surprise, and <laughs> my uh, I was really good friends with some cool anarchist punk kind of guys, mm, mm-hmm. and they were staunchly opposed to the war. And I remember getting in an argument with one of my one of them, my friends, with it, and I was just arguing blindly. And I could just look back now and go, well, this is why it's so frustrating when you can see people, not to cast aspersions, but often, that's on, that's on both sides. That's not fair. But it's you can tell when someone's blindly yeah. arguing out of dogma because yeah. I've yeah. done it. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. And, same, same. Yeah. Same, same. And I just remember, I didn't walk away from it going, yeah. what was I doing? It was a while later where I was just, it had to sink in. You're making the biggest leap though that somebody has to make, it seems, which, is, and I'm saying both sides, both sides, both sides, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah, hardest thing in the world, even outside politics aside, is admitting like, oh my God, I might've been wrong oh, or yeah. miss, I might've even been like misled or tricked into the way I thought. Gotta police your own shit. Oh man. my God. It's the yeah. hardest thing to like, uh, yeah. And I'm not even saying I'm good at it no. or anything. I'm just like, then to expect somebody to do it over a dinner table oh, yeah. when you see them once a year, I'm just saying at a hypothetical Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. The fact that somebody's going to like move on their like no. psychology Never. that they've been holding. No, on you can't control other people, but you can 
check your own facts. And like, that's what I've tried to shift to. And I'm not setting myself up as an example. Isn't it amazing that Chucky three has done this Ah. to us? I love it. Uh, uh, Also, it is so cool. I think also uh, probably why it happened having those punk rock kids around and you're and having that sort of them yeah and but you on your side though uh that's what being young is about your uh uh, intellectual pores as well as your face pores (laughs) they were fully open so you were like willing to like be open-minded to that i wasn't even if at the moment but later i could see in in hindsight and it was so cool i mean these guys were you know wearing those they almost looked like skinheads, but they were radical leftists. They weren't skinheads. They were uh-huh. vehemently yeah. opposed to skinheads, but dressed yeah. like, like you know, dickies rolled up with <laughs> Doc Martens and the yes. bomber jackets and yeah. shaved heads. And and there I was in my um, jeans and Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny t-shirt tucked in with, you know, owl glasses. Yeah. And we, and we were <laughs> as close as could be, you know, Perfect. it was great. I love it. Um, um, the kids, hey, they're always right. The kids are, they're at least all right. Yeah. The kids, listen, let's do a tiny bit of business. Sure. Um, first of all, which is always to appreciate our Patreon subscribers, specifically those baby xenomorphs who deserve to have their names shouted out. Yes. As I bring it up. Okay. Andrew Herbert, who, uh, oh, this is a shout out for his stepdaughter. Uh, she's a corn kid. She has a strong cord kid name. Says, oh, Lorelai. <laughs> yes. Oh, and here's a picture of her with a sleepaway camp shirt oh, on. That's lovely. What that a beautiful is girl. Really great. Cameron Davies and Matthew Prater. Um, and he was born Friday the 13th, October 1989, same day as Halloween 5 hit theaters. Oh my God. So I can truly say I know where I was the day you were born, Matthew. <laughs> Uh, and then we mentioned, um, the, uh, sorry, the, uh, Patreon, which mm-hmm. if you can get on over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Russ, where we do mailbag episodes, the episodes come out a week early ad free. We do film commentaries and special episodes. And then finally we have a show coming up on August 4th, yes. not with Gorley and Russ, but Gorley and Russ will be there. Yes, you will be in your band, Townland. I will be in my band, Don't Stop or We'll Die. And then there will be a third band, The Sloppy Boys, at the Lodge Room, Thursday, August 4th. Come on down. It's Townland's promise to always do a new James Bond theme song cover. And so we've worked one up. We've previously. Oh, my lucky us. Oh, my lucky us. We've previously done um, (laughs) uh, All Time High and Nobody Does It Better. We've got a new one coming out this time. Perfect. Oh, my God. Come see us. Can't wait. All right. All business closed, all tabs closed. Mm -hmm. It's Child's Play 3, 1991. I loved this movie. Hey, buddy! And this is like the maybe the least well-regarded one of the series, I understand. Yeah, um, Brantley was saying, uh, and uh, 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 the fan perception is um, lower. Yeah, I could see why. I, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Yeah, but it just I, hit a lot of I like the way that he put it, uh, Brantley, which was uh, um, the first two are definite, like... Uh, uh, home, uh, home runs or third base. Yeah, 
and this is just a solid single. It's and uh, um, uh, not disagreeing uh, uh, with Brantley because maybe he was just sort of uh, being modest in his praises about saying it's a solid single. But yeah, I really like Child's Play 3. I, it's not really a horror movie. You said I love Child's Play 3. I'll say I love Child's Play 3 as well. There. But I, I did love Child's Play and Child's Play 2 more. Okay, gotcha. When I was watching it, I did think these movies are so fun and easy to watch. Yeah, they're really They easy. go down real easy. Yes. Um, uh, they're like and, that big bowl of cereal that Andy pours in the first movie. Yes, yeah. Some milk might be spilling out, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, uh, so, sorry, I interrupted. So, you, what, well, do, you, what, are you, what do you love about like, it? It's just like nothing about it is really that much of a horror movie. It's more of right? a kind of action psychological thriller or like emotional um at what point did you think maybe it was like an action movie when andy jumps out of the way of a roller coaster coming at him and hangs off the track <laughs> as it goes by it was either that or when whitehurst throws himself on a grenade <laughs> <laughs> and they show it have they ever shown that moment of a soldier throwing themselves on a grenade in a movie, question mark. Further question, in such a graphic, like no. a horrifying, I will always remember this way when somebody ever uses the phrase throwing yourself onto a grenade. No, no, they've never used it because the, the effect of that happening is always the sacrifice of the person doing it. So you always want to see the survivor's faces watch it happen or like turn back and look and see that the person's well gone. Said. That's yes. that's the director choice. <laughs> this movie is either batshit crazy enough or so far ahead of its time that it's like we we know this is a trope. Let's just let's see what let's let's show you the ugly truth of what really happens when someone jumps on a grenade. Uh, it's not all just fun. <laughs> And let's see what somebody uh, 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 when they're um, 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 putting them uh, others before themselves. Let's see what that really you still looks think like. You want to help other people? Yeah. Let's take a look at it. No, this movie's crazy. It's so one of a kind. Uh, I think because early on, I'm kind of like, I don't know where this movie is going. That was what was fun to go along the ride. Literally the mm -hmm. ride at the end. I don't know where this is heading. Mm -hmm. Uh it's it's great. Just a lot of it is is so off kilter in what I find to be such a fun way. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a hundred percent on purpose, but some of it, a lot mm -hmm. of it is. Mm -hmm. Wow, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it was the military school aspect of it, the war games aspect of it, the kind of men on a mission feel at a time. Yeah. I, I did not expect a I, Chucky movie. I, I hear you. When that last half hour was launching into, I was like, so this is. A war movie, better to say man on a mission movie. Yeah. But what I was like, so at one point I was like, so Andy is trying to uh, save Tyler from Ch Chucky and r rescue um, uh, Da Silva from Chucky yeah. while facing off in a war with like <laughs> there's points where it just looks like a war movie where yes. they're like walking through a dark forest at night. My favorite mode of like, what is this movie and what is child's play? Not has it become in a bad way. It's just like Andy walks up and he sees the Silva, 
Chucky holding De Silva, the girl hostage, <laughs> next to like a crashed Jeep. That's so clearly a set because they had to move from where they were shooting in Missouri because of inclement weather oh and my go God. film on an L.A. studio. When it goes from uh, just beautiful, wet Missouri uh, 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 barren trees, autumnal feel, <laughs> Dude, hard cut yes. to warm Los Angeles. To a Duran Duran movie set. Yes. Yeah, or video set. Yeah. Uh, uh, no breath, visible <laughs> breath at, on site at all on camera. After, before it was like daytime and people yeah. were just talking. It's breath, 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 yeah. breath. Now they're out there. Everybody has much better hair. Yeah. Clearly there was better hair and makeup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, 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 uh. This, this movie is proof we're living in a multiverse because this is the hot dog fingers universe of child's play. <laughs> like somehow we went down a fork that I'm glad it went down, but it never should have. And, and if you were to introduce this into whatever the main timeline of yeah. our universe is, people go, what the fuck? Yes. And that's yeah. what I'm doing. Right yes. Now. And yes. I'm in this universe. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. When he walked up and Chucky's holding a hostage next to a, a crashed Jeep, holding a grenade to keep her. Yes. Like, I was like, this is so crazy. Uh, 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 oh. the, um, when you were saying the, the sort of how you can have an alternate, uh, shoot off yeah. from a, um, uh, timeline or reality. Yeah. Um, I have a hunch that, uh, cause Brantley opened our eyes to this, that this came out nine months after Child's Play 2. Right. That's crazy. That it already, Child's Play 3 had been greenlit while Child's Play 2 was in production. Right. And so, uh, uh, um, if you just, like I was thinking like, oh, so that means if a couple on their first date like went to Child's Play 2 <laughs> and hooked up <laughs> and conceived that night, <laughs> they could theoretically have the baby on the night that they... In the uh, theater. Yeah, on opening night of Child's Play 3. If they so choose. <gasps> the seed of Chucky. Yes. Oh, my God. The, seed, the literal seed of oh, Chucky. Oh, I love this it. Point. Uh, but, um, so nine months there. Now, if we look at previous franchises, uh, Matthew, uh-huh. any time that a sequel is rushed and comes out a year or less is when the bat shits come in yes. because I think they're rushed. They'll take any, a, they'll take anything. Cause it's just like, let's get this next one out. They being whoever, or, um, it's like, a uh, backs up against the wall. So you don't have time to refine Clearly. and like, and and Mancini said as much, I think, in yes. Brantley's notes. Yes. That he didn't he would have liked to have spent more time making this movie. Yeah. So Halloween three, yeah. season of the witch, yeah. is a came out almost uh less than a year than Jeez. Halloween two. Uh 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 Friday thirteenth, part four to five is less than a year. That's wow. the shortest time frame. And that's the one that like is about there's a fake Jason, an imposter Jason, yeah. uh, and the one that's like so sleazy, so outside. I love it. Yeah. Um, Halloween five is the outlier to the Halloween four, but it came out a year after. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's just, oh, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street five, which is 
awful, but you can see that it's like a rushed, whatever this director wants to do, right. we'll do it. Um, so it seems with this, yeah, that's maybe how the most bonkers elements and what I guess Don Mancini admitted to, like it does rely on formula in a way that's like a little like tiring, but oh, there's so many things like a weird barber character that that's okay. Oh, man, see, this is, I, I, I think listeners could hear it. I might've even mentioned it. I was a little wary of tackling child's play because there's eight of them. Everybody keeps saying, Oh, don't worry. They're good. It's mm-hmm. worth it. Even one and two, which I really like, yeah. Two I like, but it was like, okay, we're retreading already really quickly. Then this thing comes along and I'm just thankful for this oddity. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm grateful mm-hmm. too that I think Don Mancini is a kind of voice that you don't get in this era of horror at yeah. all, which is he's yeah. putting his real experiences in and it's giving something different. It's that, my favorite. Yes. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it. It's my favorite aspect I'm realizing of the these child's play movies, the first three. And so I'm on board because it sounds like his uh, authorial voice comes mm-hmm. out more and more in the subsequent sequels. Yeah. And so, his experience, too, is really propelling a lot of this, too. I yes, yeah. uh, his experience of a father who worked in sort of marketing yeah. and then uh, growing up uh, gay. Yeah. Um, I was thinking when I was watching it, um, I do really like the... Um. Uh, a point of view that is not in the in a horror movie. You're saying the same thing that is not in the realm of hetero dude, yeah. and that's like what's nice about like Halloween, the Friday Thirteenth movies. At least is like you're experiencing a female main Mm -hmm. character through her eyes. So you get a little bit of like, Oh, you have to identify with somebody else. Um, But man, I love, you can just feel, I think we said this before Don Mancini at this point, he's closer in age to being a kid. He's so young when he's writing these, he's much more drawing on his experiences as a kid and growing up here being 16 than he is about, Oh, I bought a house and how do I, have a house and uh, with a family b- b- balance work and family snore, snore, snore. And this is like, <laughs> um, this is all to say, um, uh, uh, to have a point of the a main character whose relationship is like, I don't know how to fire a gun in a way to hit a target. And, the main antagonists are telling me like, you got to wear combat boots, not ballet slippers. Yeah, play with the dog. Um, uh, I didn't grow up uh, gay, so I can't speak to that experience, but I did uh, grow up feeling uh, not even out of bullying or something, just hostile masculine yeah. energy. That was definitely not my thing. Same, same. And so to, see a movie that's the all of these movies kind of traffic in a way that's sort of like calling bullshit on that it's it's like it's nice I that maybe that was well said maybe what i'm responding to so much in this is it's just so refreshing to see I don't, yeah i don't know what it is and andy's this main character and then this girl who's kind of more the alpha male in oh, this in yeah. the good sense like the protagonist kind of 
almost like the brother in Friday the 13th part four that comes searching for his lost sister, you know, just this kind of can do spirit that's going to shepherd him through this adventure. Yeah. Although how are they? They're both in high school. Uh, she's in high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, despite her maybe looking like a, uh, a post-grad school intern. Uh, she looks great. It's just next to Andy, who seems 15. Oh, yeah. Most. I'm not yeah. saying anything about her age. Yeah, no, no. I, of, yeah, uh, me yeah, either. Yeah, well, but, uh, but uh, uh, and uh, uh, that actor. Perry is, Reeves. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, um, I uh, such a, a crush on throughout this movie. Me too. Anytime the camera was on her, I was happy. Yeah. And uh, good golly, my first love in high school, she looked like her. Uh, good golly, my own wife, my own lovely yeah. wife has a resemblance. I have a type, Matt. Yeah. And uh, so I to see a, a type. <laughs> That is to my liking in a horror movie. Hey, that's the only makes it more special. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, 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 that's not to say that um, the guy who played the Colonel is an eye candy in a way, too. Oh, yeah. Well, the guy that plays the major, Ellis, is from Halloween 5. And I've talked about him on this podcast before because I've worked with him. Wait, so I was talking about the yeah the old guy who dies of a heart attack. Oh. <laughs> wait, and calling him hunky. Yes, to be oh, gotcha. silly. But wait, so what? Go back to what you said. The though. kind of second in command of the kid. There's the like lieutenant colonel kid and yeah. then the major kid, uh-huh. Ellis. Uh huh. He now he's playing it real straight in this film. That's the first time I've seen him play it real straight. I think I've talked about him on this show before. He's in Halloween Five, and he's like the jokester. But he, in real life, he's a real jokester. And I was in a play with him, and he yeah. he was real hard to rein in. He was, he's in Child's Play Three as well. Yes, you know you remember. This is this, so cool yeah, that we yeah. now watch two movies with this guy. I know, I know. Yeah, and so he. When I say he was a real clown, I don't mean that figuratively. He was literally worked as a type of clown performer, but would try to bring that into no matter what the style of the play. So we were doing Loot by Joe Orton, which was a black comedy satire that was really straightforward. Uh (laughs) And he was just doing a lot of clowning and trying to make accidents happen on purpose so we could break the fourth wall and stuff like that. Did he ever break the fourth wall? Huh? Did he ever break the fourth wall? Well, Oh, a natural accident happened where a glass eye, because we were acting on a raked stage, dropped and rolled out into the audience. It wasn't supposed to happen. So I mimed opening a window in the fourth wall and just improvised as I walked out uh-huh. into the yard, which was the audience. Uh-huh. And people started laughing. And I think I said something like, wow, there's a lot of birds chirping out here because I had to get the yes, eye. Yes, yeah. And went back in and he kept lobbying me to like, Drop the eye again. Drop the eye again tonight. Drop the eye. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. And I think he, I said no. And I, if I remember correctly, and I'm sorry, Matt, if you're listening to this, but. Hey, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say he did drop it again. And uh, and it's amazing when you, when you try to force something like that, the audience just was quiet as can be and they wouldn't. They knew something was wrong, but not in a like spontaneous way. I love way. that. It was that really is interesting. So true. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he 
he he had this bit he would do not in the play in real life he had little demon like vulcan ears sewn inside his t-shirt and so you know when you do that thing where you like flip your t-shirt up over your head and kind of do like a Igor sort of yes yeah, master cornholio yeah. thing yeah and so he would do that and these ears what? would flip out and they were part of the shirt and so he would just go into that thing uncalled for throughout the day Okay, I'm going to flip a switch and just be like, this guy's awesome. I love that he does this. He's bringing joy to You're the right. people around him. Because this is also 20 years ago, and God knows what I was doing I am only flipping the switch because my natural instinct <laughs> is I would run away so fast from that person. <laughs> I my, my point is, it was nice to see him just straightforward acting because I don't know that version of him and, and Halloween 5. Those are the other takes I want to see. Not the Orson Welles is the ones where they had to rein him in. Like he came in. <laughs> Why is his character pulling up a shirt with Vulcan ears on it? Yeah. Uh, I think he would be doing that to crack up the other people. Oh, boy. Um, that is really uh, fantastic to know. And it is, uh, um, well... Um, when was the last time you uh, crossed paths? I think when we did that play, which would have been, uh, I don't know when that was, very early 2000s, 2001, maybe Mm -hmm. two. I I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway. We love you. We love you, buddy. Uh, 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 what were you saying? Sorry. I was just going to say, when you're ready. I would take a pee break. Oh, a child's spray. A child's spray. Three. Yes. A child's pr- spray pee. A child's spray pee. Yeah. A child, you know, there's no identification between the child apostrophe S yeah. and the S of spray. Right. So it really does just sound like child spray. Yeah. Child spray pee. Yeah, let's take a child spray pee break. <laughs> you heard it here first. With and I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. With Corley and Rust. All right. So let's get into this. We'll start with a little uh, Logo Loco. We got the Universal. Yeah. Um, 
the truncated version of the one we saw uh, previously, the 75th anniversary. Why didn't they version. go big for the 76th? <laughs> I mean, 1776 mm-hmm. is such a huge year in our history. And then 76 trombones is, <laughs> I think, was a, um, Lou Wasserman, head of Universal MCA's <laughs> favorite song. Uh, so yeah, you didn't see any of the old vintage clips. You just saw, but my version did. I don't know why this happens. It has all these like little kind of nice little celluloid scratches and black mm. spots on the logo. I like mm. that. Yeah. Despite it being a little quite digital. Oh, really? Uh, were you, were you doing Tubi? Uh, no, I was doing a schmapple crapple TV. Who cares? Okay. I was just. Taking the easy well, oh, maybe it's not even Wait, easy. are you are you embarrassed by that? I am. Why? Why is my voice so high? It'd be cooler if I just had Child's Play three on physical media. Oh come on. No, I don't I don't do physical media anymore. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid to admit it. Okay. Um, I, I hear you. Yeah. I uh just Bought a bunch of physical media. I'm a not couple, judging. A couple, okay. Oh, that's not me <gasps> saying I wouldn't do that. Oh, God. Because I often do Apple, and I thought, you hated me. Uh, but the, so, yeah, the logo, logo, still very cool. Yeah. Uh, now, in terms of title logos, I thought this one was pretty cool. Oh, don't get The titles on this are mm-hmm. incredible. It kicks right off. <sighs> No fade in, just direct, like those shots of doll parts covered in cobwebs in the factory. I love picking back right up where we left off. That feels Yeah. Also, I think a benefit of the uh, um, truncated time frame uh, of when it was made. Mm -hmm. Weird that they jumped eight years for, (laughs) for nine months Earth time. Hold on. I'm just putting that together. I know they jumped eight years, but- when does the time jump come? Does it come mm-hmm. after this goo is collected off the floor and then put into the mix? Or was that goo sitting there for eight years? That is a great question because in that boardroom, he says... You mean that lavish, expansive boardroom? <laughs> that was like the spare 10 by eight? boardroom? <laughs> uh, uh, he says eight years ago. But we don't know. Yes, you're right. If that was... The factory, or if it, he's just referring uh, of the um, title sequence that we saw, or the it has, and then that happened right after. It has to be because that underling comes in says this one just came off the line. We see this thing pulled off the floor and then put into hot goo and then made oh. into a doll. So that thing had to be sitting on that floor. Chucky had to be petrified and plastic goo for eight years on that floor. That's why they had the spider webs. Oh, now, I, right. Look, I took the spider webs at the value, face value of it's been a few months. Oh, I thought you meant like the face value of spooky. <laughs> I, I loved that when I first saw it. I got to see spider webs. That was awesome. Spider webs on like doll parts. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, e- e- those spider webs are appropriate for a few months. Not eight years. I'm just going to say, yeah. if they want us to buy, then it was eight years later. <sighs> 1998, as Brantley po- pointed out, is when the next Child's Play installment comes out. And it picks up there, so it actually ends up working. So the fact That's that crazy. this jumps yeah. to 1998, we're, uh, so we're right now in the, in the middle of 
Clinton's second term. They've heard that this movie called The Phantom Menace is coming out in a year, if the title's been announced. I bet the talk at the military school, when they saw Chucky out running in the forest, was he kind of looks like Warwick Davis's next character in Phantom <laughs> Menace a year from now. Oh, yeah, the Rodian. The Rodian. That's the only reason I had to say the Warwick Davis character, not Rodian. I think this is the year that that guy, Matt Gorley, put out a single called Stormtroopers or People 2, and I heard it on Dr. Demento. <laughs> Matt, you dropped this bombshell an hour not just into this episode, multiple hours into this podcast of knowing, knowing you. The fact that the first time we met outside Little Doms, you didn't say, hi, my name is Matt Gorley. I had a song on Dr. Demento about Star Wars. Tell me all about it. I'll make it short. because uh, Don't. Well, it's the worst song ever written. In lyric and in music. Stormtroopers are people too. This all stemmed from, I did a drawing of a stormtrooper smelling a daisy. And it just said stormtroopers are people too. And I made a shirt. Then I decided to write a song. (laughs) You already (laughs) multi-branded. But I had not been playing guitar long. And I certainly hadn't been singing long. And for graduation, I, I had just graduated grad school and I had gotten a little bit of, you know, how people, family members send you. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous that I would get that for, no, 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 no. for grad school. Maybe it was just my dad. I don't know. It's I bought a four track, Tascam four track recorder for like $200 or something and recorded this and just sent out cassettes and, and Dr. Nemento played it. It's a Horrible song. Horrible. This exists somewhere. It's not online, thank God, because I wouldn't want it to be, except in the form- Are we putting this out to the same universe, though, with Andy Rooney, uh, no, Kurt Cobain monologue, and the uh, opposite universe, or I don't want it out. Tanks. But So Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, who are brilliant writers who did mm-hmm. the Thrilling Adventure Hour, wrote a young adult Star Wars novel called Join the Resistance. Actually, in there, they made Amanda and me canon by naming a spaceport after us in Star Wars. Oh my God. Okay. So they did a release show for this thing. And we did a segment where we talked about this dumb song. And at the end, we, the whole show cast and the band perform it with Weird Al was singing along. What? So, like, there was a professional version of this really shitty song sung. And I was wearing a storm. You've told me this before. I've never told you. No, I I don't often talk about this because I don't don't know why. It just seems pre me uh, doing anything of value. Weird Al, like the preeminent. Well, that was amazing. Spoof songwriter, but Star Wars spoof songwriter. He had two. I know. And he performed the whole. The American Pie Anakin song during this show too. Ooga booga, and that's I, crazy. I did an interview with um, uh, Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, uh-huh. as a mini. I was there too during this show as well. It was it was a really fun show, and you can Ooh. actually, I think, buy the show online. How you did could, they they found the song? They were able to track it down in the Doctor Demento archives, or you were able to? I had it, and they. You won't ever let it. I will not. Okay. No, it's just it. It trust me as it's much more as you. It's than a sex tape. For it you. really is, and it's, <laughs> it's just not good. And it's better that you watch the version that we all do now to at least okay, hear yes. competent people doing it. What's anyway? What is uh some lyrics? To oh, this this is how, they're just so awful. I'm trying. Uh, I used to bake cookies. Now I'm battling Wookies. 
Um, yes. It's, it's just awful. It's the first song I literally the I first song I ever wrote. I never that awful. That was the, the it's finest. Truly spoof. the first song I ever wrote and it, it's horrible. It's horrible in every way. And that's, uh, I see a, a, a prestigious talent. The fact that Dr. Demento, you say I just, uh, it was a first song. Yeah, it's your first song. And Dr. Demento put it on the those nutty airwaves of his. And Kiss FM played it too. Hey, hey. But they cut, I think I used the B word in it. And they cut, what did, what? Why didn't you just say B word, sing B word like you just said it now? I don't think B word was even parlance back then. <laughs> why would, why did it, uh, the, the bridge goes, the Death Star is my home, no matter where I roam, be it Hoth or Tatooine or somewhere in between. No, wait. Oh. There's, I think I used. Yes. Why did they they, Keep cut, going. they they bleeped something in it? Huh. I can't remember. Did they think uh did you make a, a BAFTA BAFTA what's his name? Poodoo oh, joke. BAFTA Poodoo? Maybe they yeah, blanked out Poodoo. <laughs> <laughs> or Ichuta. Ichu what? Ichuta. What's is that? Like I don't know. Aliens will say it a couple times in the Star Wars universe and you get the feeling it means like suck my dick or something like that or bite me or something. Hey, just a reminder if it, people like this uh, Star Wars talk, we did a commentary for Return of the Jedi that's mm -hmm. on the Patreon. Um, and uh, uh, But that's also if you like, um, you know, uh, commentaries for They Live. That's right. Or Halloween's one through four. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to do five. Me too. I can't wait to revisit that doozy. <laughs> do you think it'll happen? You'll choose it before I think next Hallow's Eve, right? I think it'll be my next choice because Beautiful. we're coming up on the season not too far. Yeah. Hey, they got to pick soon. Huh? I know. I need to put up a post for voting. That wasn't my passive aggressive way of saying. I, I, it was, it I, I You're took right. It, I meant it as a, hey, we get to. Uh, and we got to do that uh, this week or next. Um, uh, what the commentary? Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, about that okay, after. no, All but right. that's cool. Okay, back to Chucky. <laughs> yeah, back to Chucky. Um, and uh, you know what I was saying? Um, about you know, growing up, not feeling, uh, just putting all cards on the table, not to be. I'm not trying to put myself on the high pedestal of. I was above this ugly masculine energy. On the drive here, I was like three blocks from your house, and I was already annoyed at this jogger because he was running with his back oh, to yeah. traffic. He, and this is a man um, in his 40s who should know better. Wait, aren't you supposed to run with your back to? No. You run facing so that if a car comes at you, you can see, oh, a car's coming at me. I have to get out of the way. Oh. If your back is to the car, oh. you can't. The onus of, is entirely of, on the driver I to make see. sure he doesn't. I'm thinking of bicycling. Um, yes. Yeah. And maybe this is what this person thought, too. Okay. But he was also like running out Ooh. away from the curb into the lane of traffic, like beyond the like, Hey, I'm running on the street, which yeah. um, is also just questionable. Yep. Oops. Oh, you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I just fell down a flight of stairs. 
Paul Somewhere they took a Matt Voodoo Chucky doll <laughs> and like messed his ankles up and it just fell off the coffee table. Um, so look, this guy was a set to annoy me already. Yes. But as I pass by him, I look in the rear view mirror as I, as he's in the, in, in my rear view mirror. And, uh, I see he's running He's, while he's jogging, he's got this thing where he's moving his arms kind of like all wibbly wobbly. <laughs> They're sort of moving like his forearms and hands are moving like clockwise akimbo. Oh, interesting. And counterclockwise akimbo. They're just kind of like wobbling around. Like pasties on a stripper when they do that dance kind of thing? <laughs> yes. Okay. His shoulders and his upper arms are the boob. Right. And nipple. Yeah. No, his up shoulders are the boob. The elbows. The upper arms are the... No, let's say the elbows are the nipple. Yeah. And then the tassels are his forearms and hands. Gotcha. They're just swinging all over. <laughs> and my immediate <laughs> response was the most like jock-like impulse. Oh, wow. I was like... Nerd doesn't know how to run, has no fucking form. Wow, really? Yeah, because I'm not bragging. Yeah. But because I think anybody can do it. You kicked his ass. No, it's the easiest thing to do is have good form running. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> You're all, it helps you to have good form. It's not just some sort of like, this is how you swing a golf club, right? It's like when you make your arms like blades. Yeah. Kind of like it's just T-1000 yeah. style, T-2000 when yeah. he's doing the thing. Right. You're aerodynamic. You're relaxed, essentially. If you figure out how to make it relaxed, yeah, it's just like the most perfect run in the world. This effing idiot was making it so hard for himself. <laughs> and so I did like have some masculine energy, and I would, I did think like, hmm, I'm I'm falling more on the uh, lieutenant colonel side. Yeah. of child's play I've three and less my less my andy barclay side i i'm ashamed to admit i had a similar sort of parallel experience mm -hmm. yesterday i started to tell you this before but uh our cat and our child have been really um mm -hmm. escalating each other's temperaments and so both have kind of gone a little ballistic and at any given time one of them if not both are screaming so it's stereo kind of meowing, screaming, Ooh. or loosing their bowels and or mm. stomachs everywhere in the house. Mm. And so- And uh, you and Amanda are on cleanup duty, which is, yeah, and a lot. among many other things, because Glenn won't tolerate a babysitter. It's just been hectic time. Love it. It's still great. Uh, Margo got out and got horrible fleas, and she just, we had to take her to the vet because we mm. were worried she had worms. They gave her an enema and we brought her home and she was about to go to the bathroom on the floor. She won't go in her litter box. I was moving into her litter box and she just shot it out like a cannon. And <laughs> all of this after such a long day and, and just let loose so much of this throughout the house. And I was cleaning it all up. And then Amanda said something like she was trying to comfort me and she's like, it's going to be okay. You're done for the day. And I remember my, my last words were like just this masculine energy that I don't like of kind of like, it's actually more of a childish energy. No, I'm not. I have to watch a Chucky movie. <laughs> uh, 
And I was just so stupid. And, and the fact that I even call it child's play, I'd call it, I have to watch a Chucky. That's what I said. No, it's not you're, like you're done for the day. No, I'm not. I have to watch a Chucky. Oh my God. That is so great. Uh, uh, that's a, I have those moments as well. And that's a, you said it's masculine or maybe it's more childish for me that when I experienced that, that is like full on between boy and man. Yeah. Full adolescent. Petulant adolescent. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that is, a. Uh, um, uh, just being around at airports and stuff. I got to see a lot of uh, oh, petulant yeah. adolescent oh. energy. And then that frustrated dad energy, which I've been, my dad had in spades and I've been really priding myself on not following love yeah. my dad to death, but mm-hmm. don't want any of that. But the past couple of weeks I've been curbing it. I could feel it. I could feel that kind of mm-hmm. like, my dad used to do what I call jazz cursing, where he would just curse in the most unbelievably artistic ways out of <laughs> dad rage, this kind of like, God damn it anyway, damn it all to hell and back. Make it damned. Get it damned. I want it on a damning journey. It had better damn from point A to point B. If the, if this damn it has not gone on the hero's journey, rose to not accepted the challenge, changed, come back a different person. God damn it all to hell. Oh my god. Uh he uh he was averse to cursing and so what he was put in a position no, he where he had not. to he was just he was uh a slave to cursing. Uh-huh. He was just yes. God, he would get so mad. He would get um, so mad. I, I curbed it since I haven't I guess I haven't been conscious of this until now. But I have curbed it um because I remember Leslie saying um once, uh, I know you're hanging pictures somewhere. Um, when we live in an apartment, uh, I know you're hanging pictures when I hear you yell out, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, want to just, just so we know where to jump back into, I want to talk about the really cool child's play yeah, I'm title ready. sequence, I'm but. In terms of the, um, that, um, a, a dad experience. And you know how previously I said that the kids are always right. And you yeah. said the kids are all right. And hey, the kids are always all right. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been hearing about the, these minions, Rise of Gru crew. The gentle minions? Is that what they're calling themselves? When they, they dress up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, a friend told me this isn't necessarily young people, that it's all walks of life. So maybe this isn't a grumpy old person, but I took my daughter. I'm saying it right now. No more AMC in my life. <gasps> what out. happened? I'm cutting it out. I've had, it's, it's now reached the Subway sandwich establishment thing that I had 12 years ago yeah. where it's like you've burned me three times in a row I can't uh-huh. come back yeah. I would be a fool now <laughs> right. to come back a fourth time I, to be I burned. respect that um, and I can find another theater soon but my back's sort of against the wall and the mecca of movie land yeah. Los Angeles it's a really hard sometimes to find a theater No. Uh, so we go to Rise of we sit down and I realize I am in 
three rows behind me, gentle minions, as oh. I realize they're called, and two rows ahead of me, gentle minions. Oh, shit, you're flanked. Yeah, and they are young people. They are like boys who are 15, 16. I think that's generally the age group because they're the ones that have grown up on the series and are kind of now revisiting it as they sort of see themselves as kind of like adults, sort of like. Okay, kinda... can you tell me what the ethos are? And I'm not trying to say this oh. in a. Try to. No, I just mean like, what that's is as it? Far is it kind of like. Go. Are they, is it ironic? Is it uh, genuine? I guess is the, I don't know. And um, I don't think I should. Yeah. Frankly. If, if it's making me ask the question, is it ironic or genuine? I usually love that question being asked of when I'm watching something. So yeah. maybe I should just embrace that this is a phenomenon that's going on. Yeah. But it did remind me of like in junior high, it was really popular to wear shirts that said like, Crackle or Pennzoil. Oh, yeah. And our junior high teacher said to us once, you guys think you're being so cool and ironic, but Madison Avenue loves yeah. that you're wearing these shirts for them. Right. That's what I thought this whole time. I was like, if you guys are doing this to make fun, NBC Universal Comcast yeah. Division, one-tenth of a larger conglomerate, they could give a shit. Yeah. They're just happy to take your money. Yeah. AMC is so happy to take your money right now. That's what Jack Frost is saying about us. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt every minute of watching Jack Frost. I, somebody, I got tricked. Into, um, so the reason I'm griping about this is because... Uh, while that 20 minutes chunk of trailers and commercials that play before the movie actually starts, um, some popcorn starts falling on me and, uh, happens once, ignore it. Happens twice, ignore it. Happened a third time. I turned around and this is where the dad precipices, which is, Um, now these are extremes I'm putting them. This is not reality, but the extremes are my daughter remembers this as the time my dad didn't stand up for us when we were getting food thrown on us or my, this was the time my dad embarrassed and kind of made a spectacle yelling at some kids. And not only that, but the choice you make, if you make the choice to try to stop it, you also have to succeed or else there's a third lo- the version where you lose out and the, mm-hmm. your daughter sees you're not respected by the popcorn throwers. Tell me about it. <laughs> That's what I felt when I started feeling spit coke falling on me. Oh. Now, they could have been spitting coke out of their straws to get in the two rows ahead of me on their buddies. But it's landing on me and my daughter. I don't wait for three. Oh, the first one, by the way, when the popcorn fell, the decision I fell on was somewhere squarely in the middle, pleasing no one, which is I turned around and gave a glare. And it was a glare where it was really funny. It was three boys seated together. And... The kid on the left, when I turned around, he immediately went, "Uh, no. And he started pointing at the kid next to him. Oh, the rat. The kid next to him, who's like the badass, makes the choice to stare forward no matter what. So I'm glaring at him and he's looking forward and it's like showdown time. And I wait 
And he glances over at me and I'm like, I got this 14 year old. So then I turn it back around and I'm like, that's it's settled. No more popcorn. That stopped. When the coat came, this is the position I was in where you're like, what the what do I have now? I turn back around again for the coke, prolong looked until I'm looked at. And then the movie begins. I'm sitting there, they're making noise, being disruptive. And I'm like, I'm not going to wait to get stuff thrown onto me again. Mm -hmm. So we leave to get concessions because we hadn't gotten them as a way to get out of the yeah, theater. That's smart. Um, entirely depressing situation where you take your food off racks and wait in line. And then two people at the concession and they hand you an empty cup so you can go touch a disgusting touch screen <laughs> thing. That's, Oh, that's right. So we go through all that and I'm like, I go up to a manager and in the most non Karen way, I'm, I'm sure. like, Hey, I don't mean, I don't do this often, but we were seated at an area and there's some boys there and like, they're throwing popcorn and they spit on us. And he went, they spit on you? Which I kind of didn't like. It was sort of, I was like, well, they're doing the thing with the straw. Also, the implication I, there is, yeah, throwing popcorn is oh, fine. Oh, That's I said they spit Coke on us. Okay. Because he went, they spit Coke on us. Uh. Uh, uh, they spit Coke on you? And I was like, uh, you know, with the straw. And I was like, Ugh. and I could see in his face, I've been having to deal with these oh, the kids coming in all the time. Yeah. And this is another case of that. We went, sat in a different area while we were walking to the different row. We're sliding on a pool of like soda. Uh, the reason I hate it so much is AMC just bought up across the country all these other multiplexes, yeah. gobbled them up, which is fine. I understand that's the way things have to go. But then just like hold up your end of the deal and yeah. then make it like, I was like on a dad near tears, oh, just like yeah. so frustrated that it's like a corporation is making it really difficult to have a good time anymore. Yeah. It's, that it's, was only 35 seconds of a rant, I believe. If you timed it, everybody, it did not I could, go more. I than, mean, I'm listening the whole time rap because I'm just putting myself in your shoes going, what would I do? You know, I didn't you, want to talk about this. I told myself I wasn't going to talk about it, but <laughs> AMC just like pissed place. me off. This is like, again, yeah. I won't talk the, like the third time. Because so they bought Arclight, right? Did they buy Arclight? Shit. I don't know. I think, I, well, I feel like they did. Mm. I don't know. Maybe oh. they'll just cross out the R, like the R of Arclight replaced with an M. Oh, yeah. And then just knock out the light and it'll be AMC. That's probably save, all save they're going to do because all they care about is saving money. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I'm sorry, friend. And the nice part is <laughs> fucking is going to go out of their way to speak up for AMC. Yeah, really. Um. So, hey, this title sequence. That's why I set that peg up there yeah. just so I knew there was uh, a way to get out of that rant. Uh, uh, that whole blood going into melted plastic yeah. and swirling around. Oh, it's so good. And it's that, I'm assuming that same Raiders of the Lost Ark melting face technique where it's all made of wax and they put a heat gun on it, but this was in reverse yeah, and they don't even hide that. that. It's, it's like they're showing it fall up. It's just, it's artistic. It's yeah. yeah. It's like openly 
surreal. It's my favorite opening titles in a long time. Yes, definitely of these three. And then yeah. beyond, I was just like, man, the music is like revving me up. This yeah. is so cool looking. It also, I did look up the time. Um, so it, I think it could have easily been inspired. Um, you know, the Andre Serrano's um, blood and semen artwork. It's It's the cover mm-hmm. of like Metallica's Load. Oh yeah. It's just like this uh famous infamous yeah. artwork series that he did. It's like uh you know, numbered. Yeah. Um art a photograph of bovine uh semen and uh blood uh mixed together and splooshing together and kind of like you can look at the photographs. It looks a lot like this kind of like plastic and blood Ooh. splashing together and forming together. Uh yeah. um I'm sure Andre Serrano was on the set. Going good, good. Well, I mean, if he did a work for Metallica, he might have been. <laughs> Lars Ulrich was there for sure. Oh, boy. Just like drumming away while they were doing the. T- I want to inspire. <laughs> oh. Hey, you going to light it like that? Because I got some other ideas. Uh, the fact that he's a prick with a prick voice. I know. Is just like I so know. perfect. I think what comes <laughs> first, chicken or the egg? Because like, it may just be mm, that you point. have that voice and people treat you like a prick, so you become a prick. Or you're a prick and only pricks can talk that way. I have to adopt the shield of the prick. Yeah. Yeah, that thing he does, the little puckered under yeah. mouth. Yeah, it's that sort of. Yes, and then with a little bit of. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, now, uh, uh, the um, what's also fun about these movies is that, like, uh, their formula or whatever doesn't or their atmosphere it's almost because the first one is so short and direct like i was thinking about like jaws sequels and alien sequels get a little bogged down by like the formula having to follow the formula of like a slow burn if anything they're shedding formula from movie to movie in this yeah it's in the brantley's notes that that was even the case he didn't mancini didn't want to be tied to all this voodoo stuff but he felt like he couldn't lose that, but he did lose Chucky turning human again, like mm-hmm. seeing human f- sort of uh, representations in his face and stuff like that. Yeah, now it seems like he wants to get into a child's body, not because he's so mad that his doll body is turning this and he's now going to be trapped in it forever. It's just a, it's still understandable. Yeah. He's just like, I don't want to be in this body. I want to be right. in a human body. So that's, I guess, what he's trying to do with... Uh, what, why not just resign yourself to being Chucky and being like a celebrity alien doll creature? You know, I don't mean... I mean, it's hard for him to get any publicity, it seems like. Uh, oh, yeah, he could be... When they saw the clipping of the article in Andy's file and it's like cuckoo kid with his killer doll theories i'm like no one is going to come to the defense of this kid we all saw what happened we talked about this last time i know it it continues to baffle me that this is not but no story of the survivors have seen it only still kyle and andy and the mom no what about the guy who goes down to fix the machine in the factory a child's play too i'm pretty sure uh, no. he literally couldn't see not <laughs> yes. just because he's dead but he has doll's eyes yes he had eyes of a doll oh, the doll's literally eye. <laughs> uh, the doll's you're right so they're still able to keep this thing under wraps yep but i'm just saying if charles lee ray goes 
yeah, I need to get in another body, but why am I in such a hurry? I could spend four years as Chucky working for PlayPal company industries, doing publicity, going on talk show circuits with Andy, charging yes. monies for like little cotillions in the high society, become a celebrity, become the it doll, yeah. make tons of money. And then when no one suspects anything, you just kill Tyler. <laughs> By then he's a teenager. You don't want to go right into Tyler. He's yeah. a little kid. Does he really want to yeah. be Tyler as a little kid right now at military school? I What's love he it thinking because people love like a cleaning up his act, a comeback right. reformation story. So if Chucky, after the events of child's play two, yes, when he's reformed now at the beginning of child's play three, if he was like, I know I've been a bad little boy, <laughs> but now I'm cleaning up my act and then got the trust of everybody. And then at the end he was like, I'm going to put my soul in Tyler. <laughs> That's perfect. Maybe we're describing a, an upcoming sequel for all that. We, we know. don't even know. Yeah. Uh, the, um, but he does come back uh, with that. Yeah. Like picks a claw machine, mm -hmm. this sort of like giant version of a claw machine, which is really odd to think of. Okay. So this factory has been shuttered for eight years and they're going to finally get production again. So they bring in a claw crane to pick this thing up off the ground. Mm -hmm. you need yeah, some it scrapers. seems almost like they know something's like it, up with that doll. Yeah, but not enough to stop what they're doing because they're about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. Well, that's when we cut to Roger Ebert lookalike in yeah, the boardroom. That's right. Uh, now Brantley says there's no confirmation about this, but this continues the conversation between Roger Ebert and these films. <laughs> I hope it's in every film. Yeah. And in this one, it's a reference to how in Child's Play 2, the review, Roger Ebert didn't like it. Yeah. So now that's why, as an inside joke, this character who looks like Ebert is saying. Yes. Um, uh, have you ever see that Godzilla 1998, uh, the Jean Renault Matthew Broderick one? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, that the mayor in that is like called oh, yeah. Eberto or something <laughs> like that. And he looks like Roger Ebert. That's, I think, my favorite of the Roger Ebert Boy, slam lookalikes. Yeah. 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 Um, but then. Um, I dig this scene though, man. It's pretty like uh, uh, post eighties. Yeah, like the the guys like what does he say? Cars, weapons, toys—they're all the same. <laughs> We're all selling the thing to what does he say to? Uh, um, we see children are consumer trainees. Oh yeah. Um. And maybe because Don Mancini now doesn't have somebody rewriting him as much. Yes. Like in the first one. I think so. This stuff that he's always kind of wanted to do, which is like the evil toy CEO mm -hmm. getting his. Yeah. Which, hey, let's say the first 15 minutes of this movie is just like mostly dialogueless. Not a bad rehash, but it's just doing the best scene in the first Child's Play with the nanny right. being stalked around the house. Yeah. They're just like, well, that's the best part of these movies. Yeah. So let's open with the CEO guy. Yes. And oh, to be a late 80s, early 90s CEO with glass and chrome office, yeah. with a nighttime looking over a skyline. With a TV that turns on by pressing the number six on a remote control. <laughs> 
missed that. That's funny. Something like that. Uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, mix in a drink. Um, but uh, he he gets his with all kinds of uh, uh, weapons. Yep. Chucky uses on him. I'm. Uh, there is. We get um, hitting him with a putter. <laughs> Hitting him with darts, strangled by yo-yo string, yeah, all good. toys, yeah. yeah. Um, and we also get Chuck going, uh, um, uh, uh, don't fuck with the Chuck. Oh God, yeah. The oh, fact God. that it took a third movie until yeah, they finally said I that, know. and then I can't uh, wait till don't fucky with Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, just wait. I got to imagine. Uh, Brantley said that the filmmaker uh, Jack Bender decided to lessen the comic impact in, these, in this movie. Yeah. So that I read that before I watched this. Yeah. I was like, uh, uh, really? Because he goes, nothing like the a little strangulation to get the circulation that's really going. Yeah. Know, it's a solid little juxtaposition. Don't farls with the Charles. <laughs> Uh, I see a new stormtrooper holding a, <laughs> a flower shirt there. Um, then Chucky gets onto a computer. Um, oh, oh, did you notice what those other dolls were named? No. He walks by dolls and they go, Hi, I'm Larry. I'm Polly. Oh. oh, God. I wish. Now, there was going to maybe be a version where there was multiple Chuckies yeah, in this one. which I think we'll see later, I've heard. Right. Yeah, and it did seem like, hey, the opening shot is blood going into a big old yeah. vat at a factory. Yeah. Just give me, like, another Chucky yeah. or two more Chuckies. Start with that, yeah. Um, because that's what, like... Um, but they'd all be... Charles Lee Ray, right? Yeah, his DNA. So it'd be like the brood, one consciousness, sort of like fueling. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, I wish they. As much as I like this uh, sequel, I did feel they could have next leveled it up a little bit more. Even you know in that climax, yeah, um, which Don Mancini said it was admittedly uh, a little um, uh, uh, contrived. The carnival change place. Yeah. Yeah, but the, uh, I mean, it's not so contrived in the sense that I'm like, I guess a carnival could exist outside of forest. Oh, that's a hell of a carnival ride for a traveling carnival. Oh, no, wow. I mean, like, <laughs> huge, uh, that the level of production, but the, uh, yeah. um, I like the sequel just on a conceptual level of part two, the climax there of a factory making multiple Chuckies is so cool. Yeah. I mean, when I saw the haunted house, I all caps was like haunted house, yeah. and I. Love that I forgot that the movie ends in a dark house. Like, I mean, if they're not going to be as inventive of a part two and it's in a dark house, right? Uh, yeah. uh, oh, that's the best. Yeah. I'm so no complaints. No yeah. complaints. Um, but uh, then grown up Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was it jarring for you? The, well, you know what jarred me is because of my, uh, sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse Wigdar. by Wigdar. I just was like, well, are we going to see this whole, is going to go this whole movie with that horrible wig on? Then I understood right away that they needed Yeah, that. when you're like, hmm, military school, mm, wig. Yeah. I smell where this is going. Weird barber that's kind of like the villain from Commando. 
You've still never seen. <laughs> I've Kenny, never seen right. it. Yeah. What what uh, traits do they both share? Um, everything. <laughs> Dress Same actor. No, but Hopefully. sort of dressed attitude. Yeah, uh-huh. just creepiness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, as far as the that wig goes, um, it was like okay, I can see where this is going, but then. The haircut wasn't that military, if no, anything. No, because I got, think like, they needed to make him a heartthrob still, you know? Yep. Yeah. So the script has all these references to like, you're going to go bald, I boy. Know, and then he comes out with a very stylish, like yeah. flat top haircut. Barely even. Yeah. I love. Not flat top, spiked. Just like yeah. cool spiked early 90s yeah. hair. Yeah. I love that the barber, first of all, is not dressed like anyone else at this military school. <laughs> He's in full commando fatigues, but like right. fashion fatigues, but that he cruises the cafeteria <laughs> Like just picking his little victims and telling them when and where to come. That feels almost like maybe Mancini was drawing on personal experience or something because it's just so weirdly specific. Yeah. In the notes, it was like the director was like pushing it harder and Don Mancini was like, oh, I think it should be more grounded. But now he understands it was better to make it more heightened. Yeah. I like... I loved the, all the barber stuff. Because the barber was fighting it, right? Wasn't he? Oh, yeah. oh okay. The, the guy wanted to do this just crazy shit. Yeah. I forget uh, his name, but uh, he was, he's a character actor you've seen before. He often looks different. Yeah. I um I loved all the barber stuff because it was like really, you know, we've talked about how in sequels, a character will be introduced yeah. to be reviled yeah. so he can quickly, he or she can quickly be killed. Yeah. Uh, with this, it is like the uh, uh, aristocrat version <laughs> of that joke, where it's just like layering so many details onto this character. Just like uh, he's semi like a pedophile, like he gets like some sadistic pleasure out of like yep. shaving kids. He comes through the cafeteria. He gets his own scene where he comes through the cafeteria and taunts people yeah. that he's going to get, can't wait to get them in the barber chair. Yeah. This is so, he should have died like 10 minutes, 20 <laughs> minutes ago. And then he gets one more final one where the only legit jump scare I got out of the whole movie, not a diss, but just, it was the thing that got me was when he did the, when he had the little electric shaver and he did the Nick yeah. behind the guy's ear. It yeah. made me jump. Yeah. Uh, so they fully went on board of like, Hey, if we're going to have a kook of a character, let's go all out. I know. But also think about how many kids would you say are at this military school? A hundred tops. Yeah. A hundred flat tops. But probably. Now we're he, talking. Yeah. yeah with, with that barber's up with them. Why do you have a full time barber? On campus, living barber. Seemingly, no other positions. Like not many. Uh, not a nurse. Not, yeah. Not a teacher. I mean, it would be the type of thing. Every month, someone comes in, and all hundred kids come through, and someone just shaves their head really quick, like they do in the military. You're so right. This guy's a living, <laughs> like they resident barber. On yeah. this, uh, military <laughs> school. Uh, when he's arriving at the military school, man, I'm watching that and I'm like, this would suck because oh. too awful. It ain't, it's the opposite of peanut butter and chocolate 
military and school are yeah. two oh, the worst concepts in the world put together. <sighs> Steve Agee went to military school. Did you know that? Was it uh, like you, I love Steve. Yeah. Uh, was it like a shape up or ship out? You got to go to military school thing? Or? I don't know if it was quite that extreme, but it was full on military school. Yeah. Oh. I know. Um, by all accounts, it seems to be one of the things that uh, psychologically formed uh, former President Donald Trump. So just as a sign of where... What? We're millet? What? <laughs> oh, look, we're not getting political here. Donald Trump is horrible outside of politics. <laughs> but also, we question his, uh, yeah. him going to military school. On a human level. Hey, no, let's question his parents' choice to send him there. <sighs> if they didn't do that, it could have been different. I mean, he would have been an asshole. <laughs> um, the... Uh, uh, now, uh, did you think that uh, uh, when you it was a little wait a little too long for Chucky to reappear at yeah. the military school? Yeah, that was uh, kind of a delay. But uh, uh, when Chucky showed up in that box, yeah. and just immediately popped out, yeah, oh god, and just cut to the chase, I was oh. like, this is. Final Destination 3 level. Oh, We're cutting out that. all the boring stuff of somebody having to wait or no. This Chucky just jumps out and like starts saying swear words. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, I wish Tyler was a little smarter. Andy in the first one gets pretty wise that, that there's something. Yeah. It takes him until the end of the movie before he starts going like, there's something wrong with this Chucky. Mm-hmm. So that like... There's some moment in the middle of the movie when the kids in the military school, the cadets, are believing Andy to be doing this stuff while at the same time Tyler still believes Chucky is a real doll. That was, as much as I love this movie, of so far of the three was the most like, Ooh, I'm getting over a hump here. Yeah. Um, but all love. All love. <laughs> um, now, what was the next kill? Um, Is it the garbage man? Have we? Yes. Um, after the um, military guy, they do the, this is for fighting, this is for fun, and they have a close-up of the crotch. And that's, the, that's that guy I'm talking about. So maybe. I bet he put that in. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real, let me pitch this joke kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the garbage man thing. Now, I have this. I went and put it at the top of the notes because it cracked me up. What you said last time about Chucky. About him. He's just a real shithead. Yeah. <laughs> Chucky, I was like laughing at this. I'm like, Chucky is just a shithead. <laughs> and not like, I know what you mean. Like, not dumb necessarily. Just kind of a fucking little mischievous vicious prick yeah he gets his life saved by that garbage man I know. by pretending I know. to be a child he could have easily just scurried away let that guy who saved his life he gets into the he's such a shithead and kills the guy with a shithead and i was thinking about the thing you pointed out about watch anytime chucky gets mistreated or banged as a doll 
So like when the colonel is carrying him out and he bumps yeah. his head and I'm like, well, he's going to carry a grudge about that. CEO was the main offender. Yeah. I, I guess, thank God, Chucky was in the box that was wrapped up as he was falling down the stairs. Otherwise, he would have blamed Tyler. Oh, yeah. to get back. Right. Um, I wish the CEO up top had a... You know, he sits down and accidentally farts on Chucky moment. He didn't do it. He didn't. There wasn't any transgression. With that that would have been it. That would have been the best. Yeah. He huh? accidentally sits on the box. <laughs> huh? Hey, you need to eat more beef. What? What? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh man, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, What'd you have, pastrami? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, now this is uh, at the midpoint. Chucky finally meets Andy, uh, and Andy's reaction, purely for the trailer, "You're dead. We killed you, yeah. Chucky. You can't keep a good guy down." And that's the only explanation we need because the blood in the mix of the thing ain't exactly explaining it but that's nope. okay who cares you at can't this point? you can't keep a good guy down no um, a good guy that's hilarious i never i never realized um uh now this is the part i was talking about where the mean guy steals chucky uh, uh now this is when i most wished that there had been multiple chuckies that's yeah. when i think things could have just mm. uh, you know 2020 you know yeah. hindsight they should do Shakespeare's comedy of errors with Chucky's because that's about two sets of twins that don't know the other two sets. Of yes. Yeah. That's good. And then uh, just sort of like they're slamming, running across hallways and slamming doors. Oh, I'd love to see that. Um, oh my golly, Gordy. Time has run away from us. Oh, I know. Us. We got a hard out. How has this happened? We've gotten so... Talky talk. Well, uh, I'm blazed through what you need to say. Yes. And then um, we'll do our ratings. Okay. Well, you know what? My next note was 30 minutes left. So we're okay. uh, there. Now, um, Colonel Heart Attack. I think they were going for something funny, but <laughs> it, did this, Heart Attack. it didn't really uh, happen. Right. Because who was uh, rumored for casting? So, well, they said they wrote it to be like a, a L E Ernie. Oh, Arlie Ernie. Arlie, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the way I said it, it sounded like I was like uh, fainting. <laughs> uh, 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 the um, oh, and also just seeing her when she showed up with her like redheaded friend. Yeah, it's the most like slashery the, these yes. anti slashers in a way have been, and I was there's some points where I'm just laughing, Matt, because I'm thinking, I know that this is the same genre as Halloween, but it couldn't be more different no, than from what you experienced as a young boy and saw <laughs> of 1978's Halloween. Like this is so fucking funny that it's like a paintball game war game between uh two warring factions in a military school um uh and i like that they say war war games will proceed as scheduled even though the girl is dead and the barber just got killed um now uh, we didn't talk about the nerd character, me. Did you see uh, how I got to go back and play that part? Oh, no. Just, uh, but the... Uh, Whitehurst? Uh, this, he gets his own kind of little plot line here where he's... Uh, um, yeah, he sees up. the bar barber. He's 
torn by it. He's having moments of cowardice yeah. be- before it. And then he seemingly redeems himself with that uh, absurd. That, I, I, I just don't know what to say about that grenade sacrifice because he sits there and thinks about it long enough that he could have just ran over immediately and thrown the grenade away. He had plenty of time to throw it away, but he sat there pondering, should I sacrifice myself or not? He didn't have to die. I know. What he, you're right. When he threw himself onto the grenade, it was like um, the length of time somebody like sits on a toilet to take a dump. Yeah. He kind of just goes there like, all right, now time to dump. And before, before he even makes the move, he's just sitting there staring at it like... This is where a hero would do something and blah, 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 blah. A bizarre moment and a bizarre movie and a bizarre franchise. Bizarre. That was the moment where also, because I had such a rough you, day Lee, yesterday bizarre. where I, this movie, the reason I love this movie is it jarred me out of my head in a way that I needed so bad because my, it required my brain to make more connections than a normal movie would. Cause I was going, yes. wait, what, what? And so I couldn't think of the stresses of the day. Yeah. And plus the, the bully got a double side squib that solid squib work. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, cause what was the, 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 uh, that was like a very dark moment. I know. Where Chucky loads live ammo, not so he can kill the person. No, but so he's chaos agent, man. This is just Chucky's a shithead. And I loved the, they're so holding on to the, um, uh, uh, we're always going to blame Andy for this. Yeah. Even after Chucky <laughs> like steps forward and gets, <laughs> does this amazing like mind game of getting them to shoot each other. They go, you see the live, they go live ammo. I bet Andy's behind this. Oh God. Uh, uh, now the, um, uh, Oh, I also, the, the barber's death was fantastic. That was some old school slasher. Yeah. Throat slit. Um, so along with the squibs, yeah, some good stuff. Um, we go from the stark joyless, rainy walking through the military school it's at the hard cut to the uh at uh, griffith park in los angeles um now uh i did like the romantic scene between De silva and andy yeah and i like that at the end of it chucky's watch it is like hoarding he's like god damn i can't wait to be a Hardy bastard in a human body. Yeah, I gotta get into a human body, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, (laughs) um, Chucky finally decides to reveal that he's a killer to Tyler in a big open forest at night. Yeah. Chucky, learn from this. Tell somebody in a custodian closet. (laughs) That way they can't get away. You gotta learn what your limits are. Um, Uh, now, there is a bit of whiplash where they go to the carnival at the end in the last 15 minutes, but you know who also did it? Hitchcock with Strangers on That's a Train. That's right, yeah. So, uh, hey, good good um, people to be stepping in um, their footsteps. Um, now, when they go to Haunted House, I don't think it's as inventive as a toy factory, but... You could argue that it is this sort of like continuation of Chucky as cartoon. I didn't like how they recycled the cartoon from the first one on the oh, TV yeah, screen. Yeah. But, uh, and that's okay. It's nice to see it. But the uh, um, like cartoon serial 
mm-hmm. a doll and a ride. Yeah. Because this was more than a carnival. This was like a Universal Studios like level Some, yeah. attraction. Not like, as, as was, sophisticated. Yeah, B, B-level theme park kind of. Yeah. Um, and this concept, I think, that was just coming around at this point was Toyetic. Do you know it? T-O-Y-E-T-I-C, uh-uh. which is movies started being built... Uh, greenlit based on whether they were toyetic. Oh, wow. Um, could they be turned into toys? I see. Uh, their ability, they're like, what was the... Let's make another Batman movie because it's very toyetic. Yeah. So um, uh, that boardroom there going there and then kind of it ending with like a Universal Studios level attraction. Yeah. I thought that was like cool. Yeah. It seems yeah. to be... Uh, it's a little bit more inventive than the regular slashers. Um, that's it. Um, Chucky falls in that big fan. I'd like to think that somebody's regulating things so that a big open fan is it over a high rise. Not at those carnivals. Scaffolding. But I'd also like to think there's a big giant vat under there that collects all of Chucky's DNA so it can easily be reused for a movie that's made eight years later. Well, they kind of cheated us. Like at the end, they show that guy kind of picking up garbage and they focus on him. Oh, yeah. You're expecting him to pick up I- like a... Chucky eye. I thought I missed out because there was three thoughts running through that. Mm-hmm. First of all, yeah, he must be, he's going to stab a Chucky hand. I rewound it twice to check because I could, I was like, dude. But then why do the lights go out? That felt like a dun, dun, dun. Yes. Also, if this guy he isn't picking up Chucky or is just a trash picker up, there's trash all over the ground and he's picking up every mm, six to 10 feet. <laughs> Just you don't want to stand in one spot and get all the trash. You only need to get so much trash. What's your quota? Somebody got the note of like you have to be in the center of the frame uh, yeah, here yeah. by the time the lights are shutting down. That was so. a weird ending. Weird ending too because it ends with uh, her asking, "Are you going to be okay?" Yeah. Him saying, "Don't worry, I've been here before." All right. And getting put in a police car and driving away, and it's a classic ending of a slasher shot of the ambulance driving away, but. And police cars driving away, but it was like, you've been here before, and I'm really trying to figure out, is this a definitive end, or are you setting up a sequel that obviously didn't come for another uh, seven years? Because, well, one other thing, are we to assume he had been in trouble with the law, that's why he was sent to military school? Also, the state doesn't send you to a private military school. Yeah. I gather kind of a prestigious... Who made that choice? Who's bankrolling? I don't know. Catherine Hicks's uncle uh, has uh, deep pockets. Uh, I did like that the end credit font now matches uh, the drapes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It all looks good. It's all of a piece. Um, But I, you know, I also thought this was a vision. It did Mm -hmm. look like a a filmmaker's own unique look without it being sort of like that kind of exaggerated expressionist look that was cool in part two. Yeah. it didn't have to be as extreme, which I, I appreciated. Yeah. That, the stuff in part two took me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but I liked this version of this it. This one took it a little more seriously. I felt like Chucky just did, even if he was cracking wise, he seemed more meaner yeah. and vicious. Yeah. Not in a way that like was dispiriting. It was just like... um They played it a little bit more real, I, I felt, than the, than the second one. So, What's but, your best kill? Uh, the barber. Yeah. Mine's a white hearst. 
the, the heroic so self crazy. Yeah. It's almost like he didn't care to save anybody. He's just like, I can be one of those guys in the movies I've seen. Yeah. I mean, the end point with Andy was a little disappointing where he was like, no, I just have to hold my breath, get yeah. the target on Chucky. And I was like, I don't like this being the end point where we're supposed to, you know, like, yeah. Oh, the nerd figures things out by throwing himself on a live grenade. And they, as long as Andy can learn how to fire a gun, things are going to be right. okay. Not the ending I was expecting from the beginning. Well, we gave Child's Play 1 each 10. Child's Play 2, you gave uh, an 8.5. I gave it a 9. And Child's Play 3. Um, I'll give this an 8. This is an 8. I'm going to give this... I'm giving it a 10. God damn. Gorley, I love the twist of twists. You're loving these Chucky movies. Well, I mean, if they keep going on this trajectory, I'm all in. Hey, and me having a lower rating, that's not to say I, I'm not loving. No. I'm loving these. Loving well, the next up is 1998's Bride of Chucky. Yeah. The, the, I think the big, it's like the, the final chapter of... Friday the 13th. This is, I believe, the fun one. I think I've seen this one. Mm -hmm. This was when I was working as a ticket taker, improv performer at the City Walk okay. Theater. So it was big there. Uh, I saw it. It. I know it must have been this one because it was when I was in college. I looked over at a TV and I saw like half of a scene that somebody had rented and was playing. And I looked over and I was watching. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with these oh, child's yeah. play? Like, yeah. I, it was like, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I still have never seen the movie. Oh. It was just like, I realized like, oh, there's been a turn taken and I'm not mad at the It's turn. exciting. No, yeah. Jennifer Tilly, brilliant casting. John Ritter, Catherine Heigl. We're in for it next week, everybody. Uh, Heigl's in there? Yeah, I think so. Hi, Heigl. Hi, hi. Hello, Heigl. Hi, Heigl. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.